We are back with the Illinials podcast. The super, another super late edition. Oh, this is this is now Illinials Nights. Oh yeah, well, I forgot. This is Illinials Night. I love it. Oh yeah, dude. It is fucking graveyard shift. Dark as fuck outside. It's nine forty p.m. on the East Coast. I got work in the morning, but let's fucking podcast. I mean, I've got work too, so yeah, well. let's do this. So, Seth, uh, earlier today, I was watching a I was watching a rap video made by a porn star, and I uh, love rap videos and I love stars. Now, to be fair, I'm using the I'm using the the word video here very lightly. It was a it was just a camera pointed at her while she sang into a microphone that, as the comments pointed out, was not plugged in, um, mm. and it was a rap that she made herself. Um, mm-hmm. That uh, started off, I Supposedly. guess. I uh, yeah, it's true. I guess I don't know. It could be ghostwritten. Um, remember that show, Ghostwriter? I bet Drake wrote it for her. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, it starts off somewhat normal, I guess. It's just a song about being a porn star, I guess, and all that yeah. kind of stuff. But then, about I don't know, two thirds away into the song, she just starts saying the N word and doesn't stop. And she's a she's a white lady. And it was very disconcerting to watch this happen. And, she, right, and when then, you say this, uh-huh. oh, go ahead, go ahead. Well, she, well, it's like the song ends, right? But it's not actually done. It comes back and does it again. And it's not like she just played the same part again. She sang a whole new verse, just riddled with that slur, just over and over and over again. And I just okay, so was, she wasn't actually just just saying the N-word over. It was like still rapping, but it just had a lot of N-word in it. She would repeat it like three or four times in a row and then say some more words, but yes, it, it, there was there were other words interspersed in there. Mm. And it was just a very a very odd experience to watch that happen and just and just you know how sometimes you watch you watch the thing happen and you cringe at it even though you didn't do it. It's like yeah. you're embarrassed, uh, like a transitive property for this person. That's how I felt watching it. Yeah, it's already pretty bold to be a porn star and trying to do almost anything else because you have, you already have a very interesting following of people. Mm-hmm. So when you do something new, that following carries over, and then you just you really go for it. You went, she went for something, I guess. And I guess she's going for the shock value of it. Maybe. And this is not to say that we don't support porn stars here on the Lino's podcast. We support porn stars. We support sex workers of all kinds. It's just that maybe, I don't know, don't do that thing. Don't do the one she did. That was bad. Yeah. That's, uh, you know, just don't do it. Just everybody just be cool. Yeah, just you be know? cool. That's kind of the motto of the Lino's podcast. That and that fucking dumb Steven Spielberg quote from that movie that I love. Oh, by the way, I, f- I-, I want to mention this on the podcast. Yes. Is um, so you remember my my challenge I made to myself? That no. If I ever lost my job, I'd watch every movie on HBO, like on the HBO oh, app. Yes. yes, of course. Well, today I was thinking about it after you mentioned it. The idea of watching every video on YouTube, which is not possible, you couldn't. It's possibly obviously do not it. possible. But imagine if some. Imagine if we like we put, we put them in the Inception like three layers down, right? And we had them watch every video on YouTube. Imagine what a what a what a twisted, warped individual would come up the other side of that fucking experience. Yeah, you could put, like put the person in a like a hyperbolic time chamber. Exactly. I think it'd be even more important if you made them watch every video on YouTube ever in chronological order. Oh my god. 
<laughs> from the very beginning of YouTube until where we are right now. Just stick them on a rocket, accelerate it to 99% a speed of light, and just let them watch every YouTube video and just get get ready. <laughs> and that'll include that includes all those like 10 hour damn 10 hour Mario theme song videos, oh, 24 hours of me saying some Spongebob quote, mm-hmm. uh, every fucking Minecraft and Fortnite and fucking Call of Duty video ever made. You're watching all of it. A million crazy right-wing screeds. Yep. Just never-ending, Seth, never-ending Ben Shapiro videos. Yeah, you'll be watching Ben Shapiro... Until the bitter end of your life. Oh my! I would I would wish for death about thirty seconds into a Ben Shapiro video. I would rather die. Yeah, a hundred percent agree. And yeah, I, I don't know. I remember the one time YouTube did this April Fool's gag. It was a long time ago. It was I was still in like middle school or high school or something. Um, where for April Fools they were like they were giving out like these YouTube awards. But basically what they had their the award show host do is they just read out the name of every YouTube video. Obviously, they, they didn't make it through all the videos. But they just literally just read through a scroll of names, of random names of any YouTube video. And they did it for 24 hours. Jesus Christ. And that video is on YouTube. So that person who's watching all these videos would have to watch that video. <laughs> and they'd hear titles of videos they'd seen. Oh, man. It's kind of mind-boggling to think about how many how many hours of footage are on YouTube. You want to know what is a fucking popping section of YouTube now? What's up? West World Theories. <laughs> and the episode comes out. I'll watch it. The episode comes out at 9 o'clock on Sundays. Mm-hmm. I watch it. It gets over 10, 10, 15 sometimes. I go on YouTube. This week's West World was wild. Here's 25 theories from everything. I'm like, How? How have you already uploaded this video? How do you have time? What, what did you do? How did you... Wa- I just finished the episode, and you've already made a 35-minute video of you and your fucking friend Dan sitting on a couch talking about all the stuff that happened. How? Were they making it while the episode was still airing? They had to. Jesus. Like, what? How do people do this? And honestly, like, but that's, that's an exaggeration. But honestly, the next day after a Westworld has happened, by midday, there are just hundreds of theory videos ranging from you know like places like ign who get a lot of views to just some dude just like hey this is what i think here's my question on sort of the same subject how is it that a movie can come out and still be in theaters and within like two days there are already high quality gifts on the internet of it Mm. yeah uh, a lot of times there's like someone came from the trailer but then sometimes they're having stuff that isn't in the trailer in the fucking gif and i'm like how did you do this I know, right? Like I was seeing like gifs of the uh, the hyperspace uh, suicide run in uh, uh the force or in, in Last Jedi, like a week after it came out, and I was like, "How are you getting? How are you getting this this video?" Well, spoilers for Last Jedi. Oh yeah, I'm sure that our viewers have never seen it, and we're planning to watch it tomorrow. Yeah, <laughs> we just fucking ruined it. Just ruined it. Yep. Oh, I want to take a second and talk about something. Real okay. Quick. So, I, I've recently, for some reason, been on a cartoon binge. I was just sitting around one day, and I was like, there's a lot of cartoons that I really like that I've, ever, I've either never seen all the episodes of, or just never seen enough of. So, and luckily, Hulu has a great selection of cartoons. I'm not sponsored by Hulu. I'm just putting it out there that if you like cartoons, Hulu is pretty much the place to go. And the one that I have decided to revisit lately is uh, Futurama. 
You know Futurama. Of course I do. Loved it. We love we love Futurama. It's one of the smartest, just best shows ever, and better than The Simpsons. I think it kind of took the, took the mantle from The Simpsons, and The Simpsons started to go downhill. And I and the thing is, for me, even The Simpsons at its best isn't better than Futurama. Oh shit! Bold statement. I know, and I love The Simpsons. It's so funny. There's so many great moments. But I mean, you know, I'm a fucking science fiction comedy fucking whatever nerd. So Futurama hits all those boxes for me. Mm-hmm. There's an episode, and I'm sure you remember this episode called The Why of Fry. Do you remember this one? Um, so basically, you know, Philip J. Fry, the main character of the show, um, one day he's like, everyone's just like, Fry, you're a fucking dumb idiot. We hate you. You have the mental capacity of a peanut, and you're just the worst. And so he's walking around his little snuffle fluff or whatever those little things are called, and then he suddenly finds out he's the most important person in the universe. Is this ringing any bells for you? It does, yeah. Okay. And then, this isn't going to be interesting for anyone. I just wanted to recap this episode for people who've never seen it or have seen it and just love it. So he finds out he's the most important person in the universe, and these fucking snuffle fluffs depend on him to save their world and go into this fucking hive mind brain that's about to destroy the universe and take it down because he's so fucking stupid <laughs> that his brain waves don't register. Which, by the way, Rick and Morty used as a plot uh, just recently. And I, I didn't. It wasn't until I rewatched this episode that I realized they're kind of stealing from our boy uh, Matt Groening. Mm-hmm. So, or Groening, however you say it. So he goes in, he does a thing, and then he finds out that he has the t- opportunity to go back in time and uh, keep himself from ever getting, you know, pushed into the future. Because the whole plot of the show, you know, is that Philip is in 1999 and he gets pushed into, you know, 3199 or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, he goes into the future. And he finds out he has the chance to stop that and he can just go back to living in 1999. And so he, he does that. He goes, he's about to stop the snuffle fluff from pushing him into the fucking chamber. And then the snuffle fluff is like, we're, we're sorry, but we know for a fact that you're the only person in the entire universe who will ever be able to save us. And we, that's all we need, so would you please do this for us? And then Fratus thinks about how shitty it would be to live in the 2000s and how, how important it might be for him. So then he decides, whatever. He, goes, he pushes his past self in. whole show happens the way it's supposed to. And then he's sitting there walking the snuffle fluff and the snuffle fluff just goes oh by the way i have to erase your memory and then erases it and then he went through all this stuff and made all these incredible decisions that changed the thread of reality and then didn't even know any of this stuff happened to him (laughs) that's wild yeah that's a good fucking show that's all i wanted to say i just wanted to recap an episode of futurama real quick because it blew my mind welcome to futurama recap with seth this is a podcast is it a podcast yes I'm legitimately thinking of making a Futurama recap podcast now because this show is fucking killer. Let's fucking do it. Watch an episode, recap it. It'd be great. Well, maybe for a Futurama we should do like a season. Oh, okay. But You don't get longevity out of a season, my dude. You do an episode at a time. That's true. We'd only get like 10 episodes out of it. There's so, so many podcasts that are like, we're going to watch an episode of uh, Star Trek Next Generation. We're going to talk about it. And I'm like, all right. Yeah, I, don't I don't know what it is about... The, the and this is a barrier everyone notices the barrier between like half hour shows and hour long shows mm-hmm. like I've heard somebody say they're doing a podcast about TNG I'd be like oh cool that's great you, you can do an episode about every episode of that but then Futurama which is literally just half the time I'm like oh just save it for a whole season yeah that's true I don't know what that is and it's like 
with hour-long shows, even if they're, like, some of the best ones ever, I can usually binge, like, two or three at a time. But with half-hour shows, I can just watch it for fucking ten years without stopping. Yeah, I don't know I why. Do that too. I, I think it was on Sunday, I just binged, like, six episodes of uh, Santa Clear to Diet and finish it off. Oh, that show's pretty good, too. Shout-outs to Netflix for Santa Clear to Diet. Just got renewed, by the way. I, dude, they're already advertising it, like, season three coming 2019, and I'm like, okay... Cool. Yeah, let me let me breathe, Netflix. Good to know. Well, have you heard what Netflix Netflix's plan is? Yeah, a thousand shows and movies by the end of this year. But do you know what their plan is after that? No. To stop. Really? Or like to like dial back like ninety five percent of their content and just like build up a huge library by spending a bunch of money at once and then just had that library be their big draw for the, for a long time coming. I actually like that. I think that what they should do is that once they have this big library, they should move to, like, what HBO does. You know, HBO releases maybe, uh, as far as, like, series that aren't limited and just actually keep going, they do, like, ten series a year. So I think, but they have, you know, that back catalog because they fucking started in the 90s. So I think that Netflix should do this crazy-ass 1,000 shows and movies plan, whatever, and then after that, take the real cream of the crop shows, keep doing those, and then only find other like higher quality shows, like the kind of stuff that HBO is greenlighting and FX is greenlighting, mm-hmm. and then make those shows on Netflix, and then keep making more seasons of those. Okay, fair enough. I think that's a really good idea because you know it's good to have like it's good to have that bed of content, and they are making it at a rapid pace. I mean, the first season of House of Cards, which was their first big original show. Not their first original show, but their first big original show. What well, that came out when I was like a junior or senior in high school, which is like twenty thirteen or so. Yeah, it's been five years, and just think about how many Netflix originals there are. There's a lot of shit. It's pretty big. It's you pretty can, big. You can go on YouTube and search for Netflix trailer, and you'll find shit you hadn't even thought was you hadn't even heard of. Yeah, and Netflix will release a trailer for something they just think is going to happen. Yeah. Like after the after the first season of American Vandal got over, which is the best show on Netflix, hands down. Just so you know, um, they had they had the greenlit season two, and then they released a fucking teaser trailer, which is basically just nothing, mm-hmm. saying that there's gonna be a season two. And I'm like, I mean, thanks. They did the same thing with Stranger Things as well. That's true. Um, so damn, Netflix is they're on their grind, man. That's true. I mean, today I saw a trailer for a movie coming out on Netflix starring. Lucy Liu and Tay Diggs, and it was like, just I mean, how many of these movies are coming out that we don't even know about? You know, what is it called? Hollywood Graveyard? How was it called? Said it? I don't know. Set it up. It's, it's it's romantic comedy, whatever. But it was like, yeah, like Lucy Liu and Tay Diggs are. I mean, in my opinion, like what probably probably C or B listers, right? Hollywood A listers. No, not anymore. Anyways, <laughs> they like are 10 in years the ago. Avengers. But like. You're just sitting there, I was looking at this, and I'm like, okay, but this is a movie that I had no idea was coming out, had never heard of before the, today, right? Yeah, it comes out next week. Yeah, how many of these things they have coming out of the pipeline of shit we don't even know about that's just like, oh, by the way, we're putting out a movie with Th- with Thomas Jane where he plays a guy in the fucking 20s who kills his wife. Like, okay, cool. Okay, first of all, that's probably already a movie. That's so. real, I just described an actual thing. It's Wait, is it 1922, really? look it up. Oh yeah, I've, that's a uh, yeah. That's been on Netflix for a minute. I know, right? I'm just like, there's so many things. They made a fucking Lost in Space remake. They did, and they just greenlit that for a season two. Really? Yep. I watched half of the first season of it, 
And that show is garbage. I don't know if I agree with that or not, but I do think that it is a show that they're just like, hey, by the way, remember how there's conflicts in shows? What if we had like a dozen conflicts any one time, and every time one of them got resolved, we brought up two more? It's like, yeah. all right, damn, slow down a little bit. Jesus. Let yeah. people breathe. I could do my Lost in Space rant, but let's not do that now. Oh, d- no, listen, nothing will ever approach the brilliance of the 1999 film. I mean, let's just go ahead and put it aside. That's to be the best Lost in Space yeah. ever. So let's just, you know, forget about it. I wish they would have kept the robot the same. Yeah, the robot's weird now. It's like an alien instead of a, a man-made thing. Yeah, and he looks like a fucking... Like they wanted to do kind of like a Jaeger from Pacific Rim, mm-hmm. but weirder. I will say this. It's a fucking vacuum robot. I appreciate that it's a, it's a physical prop. Yeah. And I appreciate that the fucking show exists. There's a lot of really good talent on the show. And, you know, we need more sci-fi out there anyway. Too bad that show is bad sci-fi. But, you know. It's oh. Really- oh, go ahead. We're talking about TV shows and renew- renewals and stuff. Let's talk about some important shit real quick. Mm-hmm. Two things. One of the best comedies on television, if not the best, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, was canceled by Fox. They, they axed it, which is a travesty. Am I wrong? I agree. It's a great show. Brooklyn Nine-Nine has some of the most heart of any show, some of the best diversity, especially of any comedy on television, and is just so fun to watch, and it has that just that perfect ensemble cast. Thirty-one Within 31 hours, there were... Campaigns for Hulu, Netflix, NBC, ABC to pick it back up, and NBC decided to pick it up. So we got to rejoice, right? Mm-hmm. We're happy Brooklyn Nine Nine's back. But in the whole, in in that during all that, what we didn't pay attention to was that one of your show, your favorite shows, The Expanse, got canceled. Yeah, it did. Tell tell us tell us about The Expanse and why it should get saved. Uh, I mean, I love The Expanse. I think it's a, I think it's a great show. It's, it's kind of like, it's, it's not what I, it's not hard sci-fi, but it's, it's, it's doing its best to appear as if it's hard sci-fi. Um, but you know, it's it's pretty hard by like today's television. Oh, fans, for sure. So. Yeah, it has like the the space battles in particular are good examples of what it would what it might if we were to be so stupid as to fight in outer space, an environment that is so hostile to human beings that we had to, that the Earth has an atmosphere to protect us from it. Uh, that's kind of what it would look like. Um, but yeah, it's a nice. Uh, it starts off as kind of an adventure story and then turns into like a like a political. Uh, thriller, I suppose, and now it's got like alien sci-fi and like, stuff going on too, or like I guess more out there kind of sci-fi. And I don't know, it's just a good show with some. Uh, it's got a f- bunch of fun characters, nice cast, and each episode is pretty entertaining. And it's just kind of sad to see it go because I mean they let maybe maybe they're maybe they maybe they are like trying to avoid the problem of what happened to the end of the Battlestar Galactica, like kill it before it gets to be bad. But so far it's been really good, so I'm kind of sad to see it go because I don't know it seemed like it was on trajectory to do some interesting stuff. But all right, nope, gotta so go. Who, who's your dream network to pick it up? Let's say it gets saved. Who would you want to pick it up? Um. I mean, probably Amazon Prime, to be honest. They're the ones that have the streaming rights for it, so they'd yeah. be the most natural people to pick it up because, like, I mean, if who like Hulu or Netflix probably wouldn't go for it because the contract would cost too much money. But I could... I mean, Amazon Prime's about to spend, what, $2 billion on some Cimmerillion shit no one wants to watch? You could, you could throw some of that towards fucking The Expanse. Yeah, that's true. I mean, at least give it a final season. Yeah. It's just something that's actually has been... 
uh, kind of important lately is that some TV shows, especially it's something that Fox started and has just decided to kill for some reason, was instead of saying, oh, we're canceling this show, they'll say, okay, we'll give you like an 8 to 12 episode final season. Mm-hmm. Just, you know, we're not going to, you, you have time to wrap up your story and have these people be happy, whatever, but get it out the door, which is fine. I think that's, I think that's a fine thing. But just straight up cancellations are outdated, unless the show is just really, really bad. In terms of someone that is doing that, I'm pretty sure Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. just got the the kiss of death. Yep, abbreviated final season, or six, season six. Yeah, not, which... Not not final season. Whoa, 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 don't say final season. Whoa. Which, to Calm be down. honest, is like three and a half seasons more than I thought it would get. That's true. Some people were calling it at, like, season one. Like, this show is over. So oh. then, then turn, turn, turn happened. Yeah. And we were like, oh, wait, this show is actually fucking great. Mm-hmm. And then season two was like, holy shit, this show is still great. And then the show honestly just goes up. That's true. And it's getting better. I mean, I love it. I like the show. I think it's good, nice, pulpy. We don't have they don't have any shows out anymore that are pulpy, just fun, you know, action adventure stories. Like, one of my favorite shows when I was a kid was, um, uh, what was his name? Um, Briscoe County. Briscoe County Jr., with Bruce Campbell was a nice, fun, weird Western adventure. Wait, is show. that actually what you were talking about? Yeah, it was. No fucking way! I just threw out a random fucking show. Yeah, Bristol County Jr. was a fucking great show. Yes, that Got show fucking ruled. Killed before its time, uh, because things were weird back then. But you know, uh, so yeah, it's it kind of sucks to see shows that I like go. Um, yeah, but Glad Brooklyn Nine Nine's coming back. If you haven't seen yeah. that show, you really should. It it's got so much character. And, I don't know, I, I love it. I've rewatched it, I've watched all the new episodes, I just think it's a great show. Yeah, it's it's a really good, it's a very snappy comedy, first of all. It, you know, it, the, 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 the jokes are, are, in my opinion, pretty, they're really funny. And they come at a pretty, a pretty rapid clip, too. It doesn't suffer, for, it's not, it, they don't take a lot of time to set up a joke, you know. But they're, yeah. they're good jokes, so I'm out, like, quips are a big thing, too. Which I know and, that right now the big thing is to hate on quips. Uh, people hate like the Tony Stark and all that kind of Marvel stuff, but uh, hey, fuck you, quips are fun. Yeah, and it's also like a silly comedy. Like it's about police officers, but like they like they don't tell like it's not The Wire, you True. know. They tell real police stories or even something like Law and Order. But like R- crazy zany stuff happens, but the char- the characters are still good at their jobs and still take care of what they do. But like also that show does occasionally, you know, deal with those 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 issues like in the episode what was it Moomoo? Oh yeah, Moomoo. That's a legendary episode. Which is like, you know, The Wire did this in season 1 with, you know, um Daniel's covering up for those cops that went over there and started beating up kids in the projects and got attacked. Yeah. Um kind of the same thing, you know, police co- corruption, you know, um uh, the cops aren't really your friends. And the show kind of does show you that. Like, it's a show about cops. They're the heroes and main characters of the show. But it's like, hey, yo, by the way, policing is pretty fucked up in some places. Um, I mean, probably most places. Yeah. So, you know, it's uh, people will say, oh, it's a show about cops. It makes them human. makes you like them and all that. And I'm like, well, I mean, uh, I guess that's true. I'll concede that point and say that not everything I like has to be perfectly in line with my politics, I guess. It's true. So, Seth, I was hearing earlier, I heard some talk, some some scuttlebutt, behind-the-scenes podcasting, um, uh, in, inside baseball-type stuff. But mm-hmm. you, had some, you had some, like, hip-hop you wanted to talk about. 
Yeah, so uh, the past couple of weeks we've actually talked uh, about rap music a little bit, rappers, uh, specifically Kanye West, Meek Mill, stuff that's going on out there. So one thing I just wanted to pull out, I've been listening, I listen to rap music all the time, that's my favorite thing, so I've been listening to some old stuff, some new stuff, and I just wanted to pull up some lyrics. So Kanye West, I don't have to say much more, right? Uh, He's in the news. Kanye, we understand. Hey, Kanye still rules. His music fucking uh, whips ass. His music is great. And I wanted to pull up something. So, he said a lot of questionable stuff lately. We've talked about it. We've dealt with it. So, I just want to pull up some stuff that makes me... I, I've listened, I listened to the song recently. And I was like, man, I really want... I really hope we get back to this version of Kanye. Because this is, who, this is what I like him for. So, this is a song that's by Tyler, the Creator, called Smuckers. Uh, which Kanye West has a guest verse on. So he's, and I wanted to just read the lyrics off real quick. And if if the N-word comes up, I'm just going to say, like, N. So bear with me. Okay. He starts, off, he starts off strong. He says, I'm richer than white people with black kids and scarier than black people with ideas. Nobody can tell me where I'm heading, but I feel like Michael Jordan because Scotty Pippen's at my wedding. They say I'm crazy... That's the best thing going for me. You can't lynch Marshawn if Tom Brady's throwing to me. Right there, there's a lot to unpack. Yeah. From this, you can tell Kanye's a smart person. He knows, like he said, like with a line here that says, scarier than black people with ideas. What he's saying, obviously, is that society finds that when black people um, are smart and educated for a long time, you know, they find that to be scary and they try to keep their ideas down. Which, which is why current version of Kanye is so weird to me. Because, I mean, he is technically a black person with ideas right now, mm-hmm. and they they are a little scary, or at least uh, okay. One of them is scary to me, and it's the the thing about slavery that he said, mm-hmm. obviously. And and then he even and then the line that really really makes it for me is the last one. You can't lynch Marshawn if Tom Brady's throwing to me. Which is basically him saying that, you know, he can't be, he can't really get persecuted for his blackness if he has a white audience, you know? That's true, yeah. And it was just, just, and that, a thing that I've heard Kanye say a lot in the past, like, he talks constantly about his white fans, like us. Exactly. And, I don't know, I just, I, I think that... This is the kind of Kanye we need. And then, recently, he, uh, Travis Scott, who's one of my favorite rappers right now, he released a song just two weeks ago called Watch that has uh, Kanye West and Lil Uzi Vert on it. And Kanye West, he comes in he comes in pretty hard on this one. So, let's see where I want to start with this one. Okay. So he's like, this is the middle of the verse. He's like, you want to know how I feel? Step into my minefield. Want to know how pain feels? I got off my main pills, but my but my wifey stay close. She know I'm on my Bezos. Opioid addiction, pharmacy's the real trap. Sometimes I feel trapped. Jordan with no Phil Jack. One year it's the Illuminati. Next year it's the sunken place. Wow. Yes. And this this is really really resonating with me right now because of the stuff that's happened recently. So. Obviously, he starts off talking about how he's off of some of his pills, which some people were 
had a, had a theory about was that he wasn't taking his medicine because he has been hospitalized for like mental uh, strain and you know just some psychological issues he's had in the past. Mm-hmm. So he says he says he's off of his pills right now, and, but his wife is still with him. You know, Kim Kardashian, his wife. Um, she he says she knows I'm on my Bezos, which I guess that just means he's trying to make a lot of money, which he is obviously. Um, opi- opioid addiction, the pharmacy's the real trap. Which I really love that lyric because it, you know, opioids are a big problem in America right now, mm-hmm. and all you see is people talking about, oh, all these drug dealers are ruining America. When really, I mean, this shit's happening at the fucking pharmacy, you know, the stuff that's really destroying people is happening right at a pharmacy. Yeah, I mean that's true, and we need to have some reform for that kind of stuff. And then the one, the one thing that really gets me, and people have debated about this line for weeks now is when he says, one year it's the Illuminati, next year it's the sunken place. Which is kind of, it's a commentary on how, for a long time, people have always said that Kanye West is in the Illuminati, him, Jay-Z, Beyonce, or the ringleaders, which is crazy, obviously. But it is something people say, and you know, that's why he has all this money, and all these like crazy songs, and imagery he has. And then he says, next year it's the sunken place. Because... Ever since he came out and started saying this stuff about Donald Trump and about slavery, people have said, oh, I think Kanye's in the sunken place. Which, if you don't know what that is, watch the movie Get Out. It's incredible. Probably one of the best horror films of our generation. Uh, maybe the best movie made since the year 2000. Oh, wow. Maybe. I'm, I'm going really out on a limb here. It's very good. Okay. Um, so, yeah, and people have debated about, oh, what does he mean by this line? And to me, I think it's just, it's him saying that you know, people are always trying. People are always trying to put him in. You know, one thing. Oh, the reason that Kanye does this is because he's in the Illuminati, or the reason he does this is because he's in the sunken place. But people aren't actually trying to listen. They just want to blame it on something weird and abstract that doesn't actually exist. Um, yes, I don't believe the Illuminati exists. Come at me. Um, and I don't know. I thought I think that's a really really cool line, and I, I hope I'm hoping. And it's it's a pretty. He had to have recorded this pretty recently, so I'm hoping it's kind of, um, you know, on the track to be kind of a turning point where he'll uh, maybe garner some more favor because that's what he could really use right now, especially for a, a, a big fan such as myself. I would like to bring up real quick uh, one of my favorite Kanye West lyrics. Okay. Um, and this comes from way back in the day off of the song Spaceship. Um, oh yes, great song. Which is is that his first album or is it that's his first yeah, album, a, isn't it? It's college dropout first album. Um, the song kind of opens up with a, with a small hook, but that's it goes into the first verse, which uh, starts off with this lyric right here, which I, which has stuck with me for a very long time. Um, man, man, man! If my manager insults me again, I will be assaulting him. After I fuck the manager up, then I'm gonna shorten the register up. Let's go back, back to the gap, look at my check, wasn't no scratch, so if I stole, wasn't my fault. Yeah, I stole, never got caught. They take me to the back and pat me, asking me about some khakis. But let some black people walk in, I bet they show off their token blackie. Oh, now they love Kanye, let's put them all in the front of the store. Which is... In my opinion, just a fantastic summation of like retail work in general, but also when it comes to like the the I mean, what I have to imagine, given this and stories I've heard, the black experience of working in retail, especially in a, a place like the Gap. Yeah, and it's, the thing is, it's not only it's not only about working in retail; it's about being anything. Because like you know, 
um, you know, a lot of times you'll see that these politicians, any politician, it doesn't matter if they actually are pro-human rights or not, they always try and have pictures with black people or, me- or Hispanic people or Asian people. They're trying to be like, oh yeah, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm for all, all sides, you know, whatever. Um, when in reality it's just them, you know, pandering and trying to just, you know, make themselves look better. Um, and that song, that song touches on a lot of that, on a lot of that kind of stuff. Yeah, and, that whole album is loaded with, in my opinion, very working class lyrics. Yeah, that's why this whole, this whole. Kanye debacle right now is it really sucks. It sucks for people who know his music and it sucks for people who know his music. I know that much. Mm-hmm. People who don't know his music are just spouting off random opinions. I'd have to say because if you actually know his music and you've heard all the lyrics, you know that he knows he's wrong. Oh, for sure. Uh, he he knows that what he's saying isn't right because he said it on songs dating back to two thousand and four. Much different. He was on live TV and said that the president doesn't care about black people. Okay, that's. That's not something anybody does. Um, so yeah, one last little part right here is yeah, the third verse from uh, Consequence um, okay. is another bit that I think is relevant to, uh, I think, the average working person's life. Um, I remember having to take the dollar cab, coming home real late at night, standing on my feet all damn day trying to make this thing right, and having one of my coworkers say, yo, you look just like this kid I seen in the old Buster Rhymes video the other night. Well, easy come, easy go, how that saying goes. And I think that that's, again, the same exact themes, right, of the first verse that Kanye did, but just, like, restated with a whole other, like, take on it of just, you know, retail work plus racism, man. That's true. Because I have definitely been in situations where, I mean, I'm a white dude, but I've been in situations where I've been working retail or, uh, you know, other kinds of menial labor and I've seen someone say some, like, horrendously racist shit to one of my black co-workers. Like, another white person. And again, it's that, it's that like, like, like with that, the, the, porn, the porn star rapper. I got, like, you know, a contact high of embarrassment for them. Like, why would you say this? Yeah. So it's just, you know, I think that, I think old... There's a there's an old saying you know uh, new Kanye raps about rapped about old all right sorry old Kanye rapped about new Kanye so I hope yeah. we could maybe one day get back to that but maybe the yeah. wealth has had, I, I think he's a man who talks about his experiences you know like what he's currently having going on so we yeah. probably probably might never get back there because what he's dealing with now is the consequences if you can call them that of being obscenely wealthy that's true he doesn't he he doesn't remember what it's like to be that guy who struggled in Chicago. So, it's going to be tough to get back to that. Yeah. One more thing. So, we're talking about rap music. We're talking about these, these rappers. They rap, you know, We talked about you know, race issues, you know, labor issues, all that kind of stuff. There's a song that came out pretty recently by probably one of the best rappers out right now, J. Cole, okay. called Brackets, where he rapped about something that you don't hear a lot of people just talk about in their songs, which is taxes. Mm-hmm. I'm going to read this. I'm going to read a, he- a hefty chunk of this verse. So, bear with me. If you need to interrupt at any point, let me know. So, he starts off. This is the second verse of the song. He says, yeah, I pay taxes. So much taxes. Shit don't make sense. Where do do my dollars go? You see, lately, I ain't been convinced. I guess they say my dollars are supposed to build roads and schools, but my N barely graduate. They ain't got the tools. Maybe because the tax dollars that I make make sure I send get spent hiring some teachers that don't look like them. 
and the curriculum be tricking them. Them dollars I spend got us learning about heroes with the whitest of skin. One thing about the men that's controlling the pen, they write history, they always seem to white out their sins. Maybe we'll never see a black man in the White House again. I'll write a check to the IRS and my pockets get slim. Damn, do I even have a say about where it's going? Some older in told me to start voting. I said democracy is too fucking slow. If I'm giving y'all this hard-earned bread, I want to know. Better yet, let me decide, bitch. It's 2018. Let me pick the things I'm funding on an app on my screen. Better than letting these whack congressmen I've never seen dictate where my money goes straight into the palms of some money-hungry company that makes guns that circulate the country and then wind up in my hood making bloody clothes. It's powerful stuff. It's powerful stuff. There's a lot in there. And this and this is this is crazy because, like I said, I listen to a lot of music and I do not hear people talk about taxes that often. No. So, just to unpack some of the stuff he's talking about. First of all, it starts out pretty, starts out pretty strong with him saying, you know, that... You know, his he's supposed to be funding schools, but the schools are just hiring teachers that aren't really helping out. You know, people like him, and people you know, young black people in America, they're not really hiring teachers that help them out, and they're not really. And then you know, some big issue we talked about before this podcast is the whitewashing of history books, um, making you know stuff like slavery seem like not such a big deal. Like, oh yeah, it's just something that happened for you know, four hundred you know, whatever years, nothing big. Or hit you lies like. Oh, the slaves all had good health care, and they were taken care of because you had to protect your property. And I'm like, no, yeah. motherfucker, human life and is disposable. The, yeah, the Amistad is basically a five-star cruise ship, you know? Oh, yeah, the they house slave you, versus the field slave, stuff like that. Teach you ridiculous stuff. So then he, he kind of um, talks about an idea I've heard before, but obviously never on such a big platform, is um, that maybe we should start getting to choose where our tax money goes to, mm-hmm. which obviously has its pros and cons. A big pro would be you get to choose where your money goes, which is pretty important. A big con would be that some important some important government programs that people don't maybe don't think about that often would probably fall by the wayside and get no money going to them. That's true. So pros and cons and then of course, you know, you know, people would just fund you know, the military as much as they could because I'm a, I'm a vet and I got to do that and you know, that kind of suck. Um but it's, it's an interesting idea to just be able, you know, be like, hey, I'm paying taxes this year. I wanted to go to education and health care and all this other stuff. And, you know, maybe have an idea. Especially if you are given a lot of money to the tax system. And then, then we get into the part that I really, really like, because you don't hear a lot of rappers talk about this, is when he talks about how, you know, there's the, that all the money he's really given to taxes is just going into these congressmen who are just getting their palms greased by these big companies that are producing guns that are making the neighborhoods he came up in so bad. Um, and it's all just one big cycle of poor people and uneducated people getting fucked over all the time. Mm-hmm. And I just thought it was super powerful. And yeah, I was, it was really, really cool thing to hear in you know, the fucking second biggest hip hop album of the year so far. So, now, so here's the thing. You, you told me about this a few weeks ago, I believe. Yes. And then I saw it come up on Twitter not long ago as like libertarians are saying, oh, J. Cole's libertarian. Uh, hmm. he, he believes what we believe. And I, I mean, I saw people, I didn't have to say anything. People were quicker than I was to point out that he's not saying taxes are bad. He's saying yeah. that the way they're being used, which is to not help people are supposed to, is bad. Yeah, he never once says in this verse that he doesn't like paying taxes. He just says that he'd rather be able to choose what what happens with his money. 
didn't did, wasn't didn't Cardi B have a rant about this not long ago? I think so. I think you're actually more on the the Cardi B uptake than I am. So do you know anything about this situation? I do. She was ranting uh, like an, I think she was in her car ranting into her phone camera about uh, she's paying forty motherfucking <laughs> the, the percent. New, the new way that we communicate with each other. Oh yeah. Uh, she's like, I pay. It's it's how it's it's it's. Listen, there's two types of car of car uh, seat videos. There are uh, men eating cheeseburgers to review for their YouTube channels, and there mm-hmm. are men um, crying because when women talk in the new Star Wars movie uh, for YouTube channels. Uh, yes. But no. Uh, so she's like she's like ranting about how she pays forty percent, and she wants to know where it goes and what it pays for because she doesn't see any evidence. That it's doing anything for her or for anybody really, which is the whole point of taxes. That the event you you pay them because they will help you in some tangible way. You might not totally be able to see it, but you should be able to see some evidence of it. And I mean, I feel like she's right. There's not a lot of evidence that our taxes are helping us out. Yeah, which is not I an argument against agree. them. But like roads could be fixed, you know, our schools could be funded better. I mean, healthcare could be paid for. Jeez. Like, the, the, the best times in American history before now, if you want to talk about making America great again, as the slogan goes, the best times in American history were when we paid the most taxes. Like, the, the, the rich paid, like, 85% of their, of their income in taxes, and the poor paid, like, 30 to 40% like the rich do now. And people didn't complain because it worked out for them. Like they, they saw actual tangible benefits in terms of public and social services that, you know, made their lives materially better. Yeah. And it's, it, it's part of, it is part of this new class of rich people we're having now it started with people like we talked about in, in the past, Jay-Z, um, a lot of, a lot of actually, um, I'm not going to say they all are because then people are going to point out that I'm wrong. But a lot of these hip hop stars and musicians who did start out, actually did start out with nothing, and their their talent put these on, put them on these stages and got them this money, they know what it was like to be that disadvantaged person. They want to help those people, and they're trying to do what they can to use the platform they have to fix to fix things. And I think that's a really cool because a lot of the you know we talk about it all the time. Most of the millionaires and billionaires you see don't care mm-hmm. about anybody but themselves. No, I think that coming from nothing and and. Being a person who actually makes it in the world, as we say, the American dream or whatever, does yeah. help you keep kind of more of a level head. But even then, not always. I think I think a lot of people still lose their minds once they get really wealthy. Yeah, and that's one thing I've always seen people talk about: how like, oh, you know, socialism and communism are about making everyone poor, whereas under capitalism, at least you had the chance of being rich, right? You had the chance of being wealthy. And I'm like, that's, that's true, but. First of all, very few people make it to that level. Like one percent, literally, make make it to like the wealthy level, and they only get there by stepping on someone else's neck. Yeah. So it's it's like, why would you want to have this terrible society where everything is a competition? And we always have to be against each other to to get anywhere, rather than a society where we all help one another. And, and we all get to experience the benefits of, of what the obscenely wealthy have now. Yeah, and then you, you pitch that at people and they, they call you a dirty communist. Which is fading because that generation is dying off. It's true. We're getting more open to the ideas of communism and socialism. Even one of my, my really good friends that I've made at my new job, he's, he identifies as a 
what do, what do they call them? The ones we just talked about? Libertarians. <laughs> libertarians. Yeah, he's a libertarian. He has a lot of actually pretty socialist ideas as well. So I guess the lines are fading as well between stuff. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of like how, you know, I think the fall of the Soviet Union really helped a lot with this because there's no boogeyman anymore. Yeah. Like, you came up after me. How much about how much did you learn in school about the Soviet Union? I actually didn't learn a whole lot. I didn't, I didn't know a lot about the Soviet Union until I actually talked to you. I mean, I learned very little, too, because at that point, it was Russia again, you know, and no one cared. No one, everyone was, oh, Russia's, they're capitalists, too, now they're fine. And the Soviet Union was a thing of the past. Hey, we beat communism, we won. And that was the end of the story. There was no, like, oh, communism was so evil. It was the worst thing in the world, like our, like our parents got. And even our grandparents. So people now are, are growing up without that boogeyman lurking over their shoulder and can think more freely about stuff. What do you think are going to be the big historical points that are going to be talked about in textbooks from, like, what's happening now? Like, in, we're, we're the millennials. Like, what do you think that's happened in the millennial timeline that is going to be the really big... Obviously, 9-11. Mm-hmm. 9-11's a big one. It's already it. A lot of history books, but obviously 9-11 and the fallout and the aftermath of it is basically what we're living in now still. Dude, the 2008 crash for sure. And the 2000, that's, that, those are my two big ones I was, gonna, I was definitely going to say. 9-11 and the 2008 uh, financial crash. I think that, um, I do think, and people are going to not like this, but the election of Donald Trump will go down in history as an, as an important moment because it just really shows the reactionary mindset we have about progress in America. Like, we make a little bit of progress, and I wouldn't even call what happened under Obama that much progress, but it was a little... We clawed forward a couple of inches, right? So we yeah. elected a guy who kicked us back down the hill like a couple of feet. Um, because that's how it is. We just... It's, his election will, go down, will be as a big point, I think, for the history books... And then probably 2025, 2029, somewhere in that time period, we will see another collapse of capitalism that'll make 2008 look like a fucking uh, a minor schoolyard slap fight. We will see a, a, a serious moment of, uh, of capitalism's just contradictions coming to, to, to claim it. Yeah. But, I mean, in terms of existing things, I don't know. Like, there's, it's hard to tell what'll be really important because so many things happen... And then you don't realize the importance of them until much later down the road. Yeah, but yeah, I think those those are we were talking about this at work the other day. So it's probably the two big millennial turning points are nine eleven and the two thousand eight financial crisis. I think nine eleven um, really turned us all very anti-Muslim and very, you know, jingoistic for a while. But then the wars didn't stop, and they kept going. Like America, we want a nice, quick victory. We want okay, we marched in, we killed everybody, we yeah. and we left. We don't like long occupations and, and guerrilla war. Um, so that didn't pan out and we, we continue to lose. I think really people backlashed hard in 2008 when they elected Obama, which I think was other, was, you know, people are so reactionary. They reacted to the military uh, adventurism of the Bush years by electing a guy who was seen as total opposite. But, you know, Obama didn't really end that part of our, of our, of our empire. Or really any part of it at all. But, uh, it seemed like at time like an improvement, you know. Yeah, I think the more important points that are coming out of nine eleven are for the Forever War and the Department of Homeland Security. Yeah, those are two very important things that came out of nine eleven. Um, oh, and ICE. Of, ICE is also a big yes. thing that happened after nine eleven of our crazy border enforcement shit. 
Yeah, I agree. And, uh, and Homeland Security is the one reason that I believe that 9-11 was actually a conspiracy. Oh, dude. I've already said it. Bush did 9-11. Yeah, F- FDR did... find pro- a way to uh, surveil us even easier, and they found a way. FDR did Pearl Harbor, and Bush did 9-11. Simple as that. Yeah. Um, and here's the thing. I don't think that Bush, like... Like he partially orchestrated it. I think they saw the reports. They knew something was going to happen, and they did nothing because they knew that, you know, putting us on the back foot like that would really gain them a lot of power. And look how it did. Look what it did for them. The Republicans fucking owned this country for almost ten years after that. Yeah. And they're back in power now after only like what maybe four or five years of being out of power. They're right back in there. They've been in power for most of Obama's presidency in terms of, like, you know, uh, legislative. So it it just shows you people are extremely fucking easy to manipulate. It's true. It's very true. Uh, Oh, by the way, I want to mention that real quick. Um, Since we're coming up on the end here, um, I guess, is have you seen what's going on with uh, Israel and, uh, and Palestine right now? No. Well, uh, Donald Trump said we, that America was moving our embassy um, from, I believe, Tel Aviv to Jerusalem. It's a big issue mm-hmm. because both Jerusalem, both Israel and Palestine kind of claim the city of Jerusalem as their own. And so this caused a huge fucking uproar because that was us basically saying, hey, we recognize Jerusalem as being the capital of Israel. Get fucked, Palestine. And so the yeah. Palestinians have been complaining about this and they've been protesting and recently today, they killed they killed 58 Palestinian protesters on the border. I call it a border, but it's an illegal fucking delineation of Palestinian territory. Um, set up in 1948 when America and other allied powers helped the Israelis invade and take back that land from the Palestinians. Uh, the whole other thing. But I yeah. want to say that my position, for me anyways, is I stand with the Palestinians. I stand for, for free Palestine. And uh, fuck Israel. Fuck you for killing people and murdering them for just just wanting to live on their fucking land in their homes, you know, safely. Uh, you you can uh, get fucked. Yeah, I'm 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 with you. I'm I'm more on Palestine side, but I'm gonna be entirely honest. I still don't know a whole lot about that scenario. I guess that's something that kind of got skipped over in my classes in government and such. It's pretty wild so. how how well Israel has has insinuated themselves into our into our lives and I don't know like made like the, we we're their bitch. They own our foreign policy. If it hurts Israel, it doesn't happen. So yeah, yeah fuck Israel, uh free Palestine. That's the alien the, the south solidarity with the people of uh of Palestine. Yeah. Any more topics you want to talk about? No, I covered all of my... I did the weekly Futurama recap. <laughs> uh, read some stuff that other people wrote and mm-hmm. talked about it. Um, and then I agreed to a bunch of stuff about Palestine, so... I just got you added to a watch list. Yes. Like we so weren't already I, on it. Yeah, I've always, I've always really, really wondered if I'm on any of those lists we hear about. I feel like I might be. We've got to be at this point, right? Like... It's just a point. Yeah, with the with the massive wildfire success that the podcast has <laughs> had, I can't imagine we're not on a bunch of lists. Oh, by the way, I want to bring up something real quick before we go. 
there's an article I'm looking at right here. It's back from January of 2018, but it just got it got a lot of uh, of uh, traction today from the website Market Watch, mm-hmm. titled "Money Milestones." This is how your finances should look in your 30s, and it goes on to tell you that by the age of 35, you should have at least twice of your sal twice your salary doubled, saved up. Mm. Mm. Well, that won't be hard because in my thirties, I'll probably be making ten dollars a year. <laughs> so I'll hopefully I'll have twenty dollars saved by then. So, so I've got about two months saved up. So where's that put me? I wonder. How am I doing? You've got two months of money. Yes, I got. Oh, I have two months of pay. Two months. I would run out in one month. Yeah. With my bills, I would be dead in a month. But yeah, so yeah. Just, I have two months full stop. So it's it's so fucking dumb. They think that we'll ever be able to afford this kind of lifestyle, you know? Yeah, it's fucking ridiculous. It's like they they're so out of touch with how we had to actually live our lives today to think that we could possibly save up a two basically two years with a salary by the age of thirty five. Like good fucking luck. Yeah. But you know that's the that's the curse of being a uh, being a millennial. I have to live in the uh, yeah. fucking the, the, the hopefully the the slowly dying cancerous corpse of capitalism and deal with that. Until we have our violent revolution in the streets, this is the world we'll live in. That's true. That's true. Once we have that big uprising, that's definitely gonna happen anytime, anytime now. Don't you worry. One of these days, it's definitely gonna yeah. happen. Um, Can't wait for those boomers to die. Oh, dude, it'll be fucking great. But anyways, uh, I wish you in the podcast. I'm very hot. It's super hot in here. There's no fans going because I need to record. And I am fucking, I'm like sitting in a puddle of my own sweat. Which is not super new, but. That's true. It's not a new development, but it is uh, an unpleasant one. So, yeah. uh, this is Lino's podcast and I've been Smith. You can find me on Twitter uh, at MCSurf. I'm Seth at Life of Seth on Twitter. Sometimes I stream stuff on Twitch at uh, at SurfMC. I think that me and Marcus are going to be streaming some XCOM 2 multiplayer soon. Oh, nice! Yes, our art was done by the elusive Marcus Barkley. Mm-hmm. And as always, fuck the New England Patriots. That quote from Ready Player One, and you can lead a horse to water, but he won't get under it. Good night, everybody. Yeah, see you later.